Coming to you from beautiful downtown West City, it is Fistful of Sensu Beans, Episode 2. I got the title right this time. With me is Peter. Say hi, Peter. Hello. <laughs> Not again. Uh, Lixel. Hi. Uh, oh, those are good intros. And Katie. Hello. Hers is better than your guys'. No, okay. It's not gonna. It's not yeah, gonna say what anything. Am I supposed to do? Come out of you live through the power of the internet. Um, <laughs> we watched episodes five through eight, right? Or five through nine? Which where did we stop? Five through eight. Five through eight. Um, what do you guys think overall of these of these four episodes? Don't spoil anything, but what do you guys think? Did you like these four better than last week? I personally liked them better than last week. Oh. Peter, uh, I mean they're a hit and uh, hit hit and miss. Some of them were better last week. Some were were better this week. It was, just, it was a good it was a good mix. Nixon, it feels like the like the same thing. I'm more surprised that when I thought it would there be more episodes than what there are because I I felt like looking back at it from when you're a kid watching this, this felt way long. Like the episodes felt way longer so i thought there'd be like more episodes to the different story beats that i remember that we didn't that would just like arise through watching it but instead it's just like super short remember when we were talking about doing this and you were complaining about the red ribbon stuff and i told you it wasn't that long are you believing me now no i'm not because i know i know there's multiple arcs of that crap and i don't want to watch it well you're gonna watch it sooner than you realize yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the breakdown of these episodes. The first episode we watched was episode number five, titled Yamcha the Desert Bandit, Nixon's hero, Yamcha. Yeah. Um, it aired in Japan in March 26, 1986. And then in the U.S., the redub aired on August 24, 2001. Yamcha. Katie, do you know much about Yamcha? No, actually, I didn't. I mean, I know the name, but when I saw the character, he didn't look familiar to me at all. He wasn't. He wasn't a character I remembered. Wow, at all? Not at all. I he, I don't. I didn't know anything about him. Uh, <laughs> and Taylor had to give me some more information about him, and it's still like nothing. Nothing rang a bell, really. Wow, that's kind of in line with gigantic the, Dragon Ball. That's fan. kind She's of not... in line with where they try to take this character. Peter is Yamcha your favorite character? Uh, one of them, his uh, wolf fang, fang fist attack is, uh, you know, one of the most well-known Dragon Ball moves. It is. Classic move. The episode begins with Goku, Bulma, and Oolong in a boat. Oolong seems to think that Bulma has a thing for him. I don't know where he got that idea from. Goku does his Katie's favorite move, the classic crouch pat to Oolong to, to determine what uh, gender he is and that angers oolong a lot he he doesn't call goku randy like that old lady does <laughs> uh he responds by pushing goku out of the boat i had to rewind to see that he like tries like they cut away really fast but he like put tries to shove him out of the boat they're heading to a place called fire mountain and it's exactly what it sounds like it's just a mountain that's covered in flames uh, Oolong 
like tells them a little bit about it. He tells them about a, that it's guarded by a guy called the Ox King, who wields a giant axe. Um, Oolong once he figures out where they're going, Oolong does not want to go. He's afraid, so he transforms into a fish, and he jumps into the water. It's like a goldfish or a koi. And uh, Goku immediately strips naked and follows after him. Uh, Peter, what'd you think of this? What would you rate this naked scene? Did you uh, like it? It's yeah. Well, it's like three out of five. <laughs> yeah. What's your criteria? How do you rate these naked scenes? I guess how long they're naked for. Okay. What scene? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, how many naked people are in the scene? If it's just one, or if it's multiple. Okay. Those are the big three things. I those are the, those are the... in the scene. <laughs> well, yeah. I think that'd be like the biggest part about the naked scenes. Who's in the scene? I called those. No. He calls those the three pillars of Peter. That's what he calls those right there. His criteria. Uh, Katie, do you remember how Bulma? What her idea is to get Oolong? Because Goku fails to swim down and get him. Yeah. She takes off her underwear uh-huh. and puts it on the hook and, uh-huh. and just throws it in the water. And she thinks this is a totally normal idea. She's like, oh, if I know Oolong, he'll bite. <laughs> yeah? Does it work? It does work, although I don't know why. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Why is a pig after a girl? Like, why is a pig interested in humans? I mean, I don't know. They don't. I don't think there's any other like interspecies thing in Dragon Ball other than like people lusting after like Bulma. Well, that's here, and apparently he likes the smell of her underwear. Even underwater, he can smell it. Ugh. <laughs> okay, what is she? She had, maybe she hadn't taken those off for a while, so they were extra like rank. I just can't understand anyone on Earth's infatuation with women's used underwear. Yeah. Hannah has a big one. They got those vending machines. <laughs> yeah. So go, so they get Oolong back with the panties. He's tricked, and he's not happy about it. And Goku is hungry, but Oolong ate all the food. So, and then Oolong is also hungry still. And Bulma says she has a vitamin to give him. And she gives him this giant, like, yellow-looking pill. And Goku also wants one, but she says he's she's out. So Oolong eats that, and the boat just stops in the middle of the river, and they're out of gas. Uh, it's bad planning on, on Bulma's part here. Uh, she tries to get Oolong to transform into a container of gas, but he kind of reveals that if he does that, he'll like, be pouring out his guts and stuff. Like He can't turn into like a resource like that. So instead, Bulma tells him to turn into an ore because he thinks that Bulma's going to be handling him. But she just gives it to Goku, and Goku paddles the shit out of the water with it. And when they're getting out, when they get to shore, I don't know if you guys caught this, Oolong calls Goku a midget. <laughs> did you hear that? Mm-hmm. No, I did not. Yeah, he calls him, he calls him a midget. In a random moment, uh, Goku just pees in the river for no reason <laughs> just automatically as soon as they get to the shore pees why did that happen why did it they... shows like sexualizes all that stuff but why why did they need that scene why did he immediately have to pee it's on a road trip usually you stop and go pee 
That's like a common thing to do on a road trip. Bulma tries to find her dino caps and freaks out because they're gone. She doesn't know where she lost them at. And then Oolong takes the opportunity while she's freaking out to try to escape again and runs deep into these into the woods. Goku takes off after him on the Nimbus and he's flying around looking for him. And one of the ways he tries to get Oolong to come out is by offering him a bucket of slop. <laughs> and Oolong's like, it'll take more than a bucket of slop to get me to come out. Goku like returns to Bulma and basically tells her he can't find Oolong. Where she just starts yelling piggy out loud. And when Oolong hears this, he immediately has to shit. <laughs> he immediately has to take a shit. Uh, which, so for some reason, they represent taking a shit by fireworks. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like it, it cut to fireworks? <laughs> what was that about? It's, just a, it's a weird, like... It's like a weird plot point that there's this magic pill. Hold on, I'll get into that. <laughs> just hold that thought. Well, I think the fireworks were to represent explosive diarrhea. Yeah. That's true. Peter, any thoughts on the fireworks? Uh, I also thought that, uh, thought the same thing. I have that here in my notes. Explosive diarrhea. Yeah. (laughs) So, Bulma reveals that that wasn't a vitamin she gave him. It was actually a pill that makes you shit when someone says piggy. And in my notes, I put, who the fuck developed this pill? (laughs) Like, yeah. Why? It's the most random pill to make. It's only like a certain scenario where it'd come in handy. I think it's more like whatever word she wanted would make him have explosive diarrhea. How does that work? I don't. Yeah, it's like the pill would eventually like pass through his system. So, but they act like in further episodes, like it still bothers him. So technically, it's never going to leave his system. So he's going to be completely subjugated to this word piggy for the rest of his life yeah i don't you never said if this has like a shelf life or if it's just forever peter have you ever had a vitamin that made you shit uncontrollably a couple of times but one thing i didn't i didn't understand is why didn't he just try and get out of earshot uh i don't know if he could have got that far because she was running yeah. she would just kept saying it and make him shit more like, what if he has no nothing left to shit out? It's just dangerous at that point. Is he just gonna like start shitting out his intestines? These are the questions they need to answer. Uh, so that that actually pisses Goku off, and he jumps back prepared to beat a Bulma. He calls her a witch again. Uh, Oolong comes out of the uh, out of the woods carrying toilet paper, and he says he's glad that he brought toilet paper with him. Which I don't know where he got that from. Goku immediately starts uh, teasing Oolong by making him shit more by just saying piggy over and over again. <laughs> I feel like I need this pill. I'm gonna give it to Peter. What should the code word be? Haiti. Um. Cuck. Oh my god. What? Yep. Okay, cuck it is, Peter. Better oh, well. not, you better not hear that word very much. I'll do my best. Oolong transforms into a moped so Bulma can ride him out of there. But she gets on and he immediately collapses because he can't support her weight. Where he calls her a horse. Katie, do 
is that an insult? Like, do people call people horses as an insult? I mean, I've not heard horse used as an insult before, but I mean, they're heavy. So, um, I guess it makes sense. Nixon. Yeah. What did Oolong transform into next? I thought it was a scooter. No, after the scooter. I don't remember. remember. Oh my god. I remember. Okay, I didn't want to ask you, Katie, because I didn't. I was trying to be better about that. But Katie, what did he turn into? <laughs> he turns into her underwear, and he's like, <laughs> "Here, put me up." So then, only one of us has to walk. <laughs> yeah, and she she did not like that. She slaps the fucking piss out of him, and then Goku just tells him he should try a hat next time. That's that's <laughs> his like big day. So the three of them are just walking, and they're in a desert wasteland. Uh, Bulma, or not Bulma, Oolong feels like they're being watched. Bulma throws a temper tantrum and she just sits on the ground and refuses to walk anymore, so they take a rest. She, like, leans back and, like, passes out to sleep. And, uh, we see Poor for the first time. Peter, who is Poor? Uh, he's, like, a little cat guy. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Best friend to uh, Yamcha. Uh huh. Does he um, does he walk? No, he he floats. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's explained how or why, but that's what he does. <laughs> does he have a nose? No, he doesn't have a nose. <laughs> what is he? Is he a cat? I think he's a cat, but it's whatever it is. It's also has um, as we'll see later. Shape shifting abilities. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's watching. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, nope, no, nope, go ahead. He's watching them with some binoculars in this like rock house. Um. And then he goes down and he tells your best best bud Nixon, your favorite character Yamcha. He tells him that they have some some new victims. So they the two of them set out and they plan to rob Goku. And his friends, and Yamcha just wants all of their money and dino caps. Oolong immediately recognizes Poor, and that's where we learn that Poor and Oolong both went to the Transform School, and Oolong bullied Poor while they were there, so they don't like each other. Uh, Oolong, like, he makes sure he talks to Goku, he makes sure Goku's really strong before talking shit, but once Goku, like, reassures him that he can he can fight like oolong immediately starts talking lots of shit yamcha pulls out a sword and tries to attack goku goku dodges and at one point he dodges a sword strike from yamcha where yamcha almost like cuts poor in half and goku and yamcha do the classic like the same exact scene from the intro of them like of him blocking a power pole hit with the sword Yamcha is impressed and reveals that he has heard of Goku's grandpa Gohan once Goku tells him who he is trained by. Yamcha changes what he wants to steal and he wants Goku's power pole. Goku is not fighting very well because he's hungry. And then, Peter, what does Yamcha do next? What is he? What um, technique does he break out? The the world's famous Wolf Fang Fist. Now, before we get into Wolf Fang Fist. He says Wolf Fang Fist. 
and he prepares to do the Wolfing Fist attack, which is basically a a a group of punches. But in this first this first showing of the Wolfing Fist, did you guys notice that the first strike he hits is a kick <laughs> when he says Wolfing Fist? I also found that God. <laughs> what? He goes Wolfing Fist and then he throws a kick. I don't understand it. It's probably in Japanese, probably just like wolf style or something. Instead of like uh, Wolfing Fist. I think this is the first time we see someone get hit so hard they fly through a rock. Isn't this the first time we've seen that? Yep. First time. Goku gets hit by the Wolfing Fist striking combination and goes through just like a giant rock. Goku gets out of the rubble. And is super angry. Him and Yamcha charge each other and punch each other like on the fist. They clash fist. Peter, you ever done that with somebody? Um, on occasion. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> A lot of street yeah. fights that way? Yeah, if you get, you know, after, you know, once the bars close up and you might you might get in a tussle with some people outside and, and do that. Punch each other's fists. Yeah. So, once they clash fist... Goku takes his other hand and pokes Yamcha's eyes out of his fingers and then slaps him on the face so hard it leaves a print. Yamcha, like, like falls backwards. Goku still isn't feeling very well because he's hungry. And Yamcha gets up and he's really angry. And he charges at Goku, but then it gets stopped dead in his tracks when he sees Bulma, who, like, wakes up from her nap. Yamcha... Tells Poor, like, reminds Poor that he gets super nervous around pretty girls, and they, those two immediately retreat. And then the episode ends with Yamcha and Poor in their hideout, and Yamcha vows to get over his weakness and come back and steal Goku's things. And that's the end of episode five. What'd you guys think of this one, Peter? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, it started off with some comedy bits, and then it actually got like the first chunk of action in this show that you know kind of the show that, that the show is known for um so that was pretty sweet to see yamcha and goku kind of duel off and uh and uh yamcha obviously grabs uh his little weird cat friend and, and leaves so that's not <laughs> definitely not the last we're seeing of him no we'll see these guys for decades uh nixon what'd you think of this episode it's probably lukewarm for me. Like, wow. Your favorite character's intro, and it's lukewarm. It's not my favorite character, and it's pretty lukewarm. Besides the fight, like, the first part of it is just, like, nothing but gags with shit jokes and uh-huh. sex jokes again. Uh-huh. And then we run into Yamcha, and then Yamcha, again, I'm going to sound like a whatever. A whatever. Whatever the expression is where... It just, it's. I feel like the Yamcha thing, and with the Ox King coming up, it all feels like it's probably part of the journey to the West or whatever it is. So I feel like Yamcha's based off a character from that. I should really research that. Yeah, that seems like we should probably look into that. I will do that for you, Katie. Before I get to your thoughts, do you know who voices Yamcha, Katie? I don't. He. Also voices Vegeta and All Might and Piccolo and uh, Kubora. It's Christopher Sabat. Did you not recognize him? 
I didn't, but I am familiar with the voice actor. So now that you say it, I could hear it, but I didn't notice when I was watching the show. Yeah, I don't think him and Yamcha sound, or him and Vegeta sound anything alike. So he does a good job, I think, with Yamcha. Peter, did you know that? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> he's, a, he's a really good voice actor. Yes, Katie. So, what do you think of this episode? I really liked it. I thought it was cute. I thought it was fun to see Yamcha, you know, as kind of like some somebody more similar to like the Dragon Ball Z, you know, which I'm more familiar with, with the characters, just kind of how they're drawn. And so he seemed more like a regular dude. I, I just felt like it was interesting to see that character. Um, and then I also was excited for a possible romance with Balma. So, you know, I, I enjoyed the episode. I was looking forward to seeing what happened next with them. All right, we'll move on to episode six. Keep an eye on the Dragon Balls, as titled. Aired in Japan April 2nd, 1986. Aired in the U.S. August 27, 2001. Episode opens up with Yamcha and Poir discussing how to get Goku. Oolong reveals that he had a dino cap all along that had a, like, what would you call this? Like a, like an RV? Double-decker RV. Yeah, yeah RV camper. Uh, Bulma decides to take a bath, but before she takes a bath, Katie, she checks for peepholes because she doesn't trust Oolong. Oolong! What makes sense, though, is that she checks for peepholes, but there's a massive window yeah. right there. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a huge window that's going to come into play later on. Mm-hmm. Oolong... At one point, he gets a very sinister look on his face. Like, he just has a little moment to himself for his... He, like, gets a sinister look on his face. I think he says, like, I'll let you win this battle, but I'm winning the war. I'm guessing he's talking about hooking up with her? What's he talking about? Spying on her and jerking off is what it sounds like. I mean, maybe. No, to me... Oolong really seems to hate Bulma. I mean, and reasonably so. She's really mean to him. I, I feel like that wasn't necessarily like a sexual thing. He was just trying to imply that he was going to fuck with her. Like that, okay, you're going to be a bitch to me right now, but I promise you, you won't be the one who comes out on top in the end. I don't know that it was necessarily like that he was sexually creeping on her. It was just that, you know, he was going to, she was going to get her just desserts, basically. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, he does want to bang her, it seems, because... Every chance well, he gets, he tries to do something. I think everyone in the show seems to want to have sex with her for some reason. But I do think, like, he really seems to dislike her as a person. So yes. I had interpreted it more as that he was, he wanted to make her unhappy. And maybe he's going to do that by doing something sexual to her. But I, I think it was more focused on the fact that he wanted to ruin her life and not necessarily just see her naked or whatever. We cut to Pilaf ordering Mai and Shu to pursue Goku. And they're in these like weird jumping robots. Uh, they try to set a bomb in the trailer, but just like a Peter move in the Call of Duty or something. Shu gets an explosive stuck to his hand. Peter, this is straight out of your playbook. What do you think of this? Is this good um... like explosive setting? Well, it can happen to anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Chu did get the um, bomb stuck to his arm. 
which was never good. And (laughs) instead of helping, Mai decided to leave. She immediately runs away. Yeah. Uh, That's what you do. Not help him. So I I did feel bad for him this episode. But Shu does the bad thing was when she runs away, he follows her. So he's going to take out both of them. Yeah. That's not the cool thing to do. Just set your fate. And it's not it's not only bad that he stuck it to his arm, but it was also active already. So he stuck an active ball to his arm. Uh, they run off, and right when they run off, Yamcha arrives. And Goku is super hungry. But Goku at one point says that, he goes like, what's the worst that could happen? They could just steal our stuff. And that puzzles Oolong, he doesn't understand. Uh, Goku starts showing him Oolong the Dragon Ball and explaining all the stuff. We cut back to Bulma, who's showering. Lots of side boob and leg shots. Yamcha is, like, scouting out the RV. And he peeps into a window. And it just so happens that window looks directly into the shower where Bulma's showering. And I call it peeping. The window's like gigantic. No, I'm not saying he was peeping. He was like he was like scouting and then he was looking in a window to see what he could see. And it happened to be the Bulma one. And in the anime they like blur out her nipples by like some like sheen on the on the uh window, but in like the manga they just show it. The Yeah, yeah. Well I mean I don't know. I guess it makes sense. Yamcha Gets super weak need. He gets spaghetti legs like Nixon. Anytime a girl talks to him. I don't have spaghetti legs. <laughs> Goku is still explaining the Dragon Balls to Oolong. Who, Oolong's very interested. And while he's explaining that to Oolong, Yamcha overhears. And he wants to wish to not be nervous around girls anymore. And Puar thought he wanted to take over the world. But Yamcha just wants to be able to take a girl on a date. So... This is where, like, the parallels, Nixon, between you and Yamcha. Yeah. No, no. It's where it parallels Bulma's whole thing and, like, foreshadows their relationship. Like, because they each have the same desire to have, like, a romance with somebody else. So it's, so, like, setting that up. <laughs> sure, sure. Oolong tries to, like, convince Goku to, like, cut Bulma out of the Dragon Balls. Which Goku doesn't know why he'd do that because that's his partner. Oolong reveals he wants to wish for 300 girls. Peter, what do you think of that wish? Uh, it's a heck of a wish. Um, it's going to come back on him later when he uh, may or may not realize that it may not be the best thing to wish for. <laughs> I thought he would, he would already know. Like, he had all those girls before. And yeah. he didn't like it. Goku immediately dislikes that wish and he brings up the good point he's like so you want 300 bulmas and bulma hears that and it hits goku in the head she is just in a towel she has no clean clothes uh and then katie what does uh oolong do well first he says it's not his problem then i think he she well, she asks him to clean them, and he says no, and whatever. And then I think he tells her. I don't remember if he tells her then that he has one outfit. No, that's not yet. So I'll give you a little hint, and then you can go on. He goes to the fridge. Katie, Oolong does. Or do you not remember? Mm-mm. Okay, so 
I I don't know if Bill Cosby was also at the transforming school because Oolong goes to the fridge and pulls out two glasses with like it looks like orange juice in them, but they're just like it's not like he poured the like the cups are already in the fridge poured out and he pulls those out and he gives one to Bulma and he gives one to Goku. Bulma immediately chugs it, and then Goku smells it, and he goes, oh, this smells awful, and then he drinks it, and basically, we find out that he date-raped them, Katie. He, he puts sleep powder in their drinks. I thought you would have, I thought you would have remembered that. <laughs> I, I guess I remember him drugging them, I think I just was trying to remember when he told her the outfit thing, but, yeah, no, drugging them is pretty fucked up. Uh-huh. I initially thought during that scene that maybe he was going to give them something to the equivalent of like the shitting pill, the magic shitting uh, pill that, that Bulma had done to him. And I thought maybe that was like a little bit of his revenge. But then it turns out that he's just an asshole and was trying to steal the Dragon Balls for himself. A lesson to everyone. Don't drink a random cup of liquid someone pulls out of the fridge. Especially if it's a talking pig. And I did... Peter, I did put that Bill Cosby joke was in my notes. I wrote that in there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, real quick. Was it uh, supposed to be orange juice or was it like actually supposed to be like alcohol that it, he had? I think it was just supposed to be juice. Because they say, he tells her, he's like, Don't, would you like some juice? And she's like, you can be a nice swine after all or whatever. So they both, like, Bulma immediately is getting tired. So she's like, I'm going to go lay down in the bed. She's like, don't you dare come in there. Goku falls asleep on the couch. Oolong, like, once they fall asleep, Oolong basically just tell, tells what happened, what he just did, where he put sleeping powder in their stuff so he could steal the Dragon Balls. Um, scene switches to Mai and Shu still running away from the bomb, or from, Shu, I guess, running away from Shu, who has the bomb on him. Shu is able to reprogram the bomb to explode at 8 tomorrow morning instead of 8 at night. Uh, we go back to Yamcha and Poir outside of the tra- uh, the RV, and Poir transforms into like a universal key, and they unlock the trailer and sneak in. Oolong, very creepily, is trying to see like Bulma naked in bed while she's sleeping. He's like pulling the covers down, and I, 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 Oolong seems to be unforgivable in these first few episodes when he's introduced. Well, this I feel like reinforces the point. They made earlier that this is all premeditated. That he was gonna win the was it lose the battle, but win the war. Yeah, I feel like this is what he meant the whole time. He's gonna definitely like molest her when she was sleeping because he's gonna drug her anyway. That's why he already had the liquids in the fridge to like drug them. So when Poir and Goku go into the RV, they see Goku asleep. So Yamcha tells Poir to transform into Goku. And to go, like, check things out and make sure everything's okay and to lure Bulma out so he doesn't get all weak-kneed. Peter, what did what did the poor Goku look like? Um, well, was, he was definitely Goku's size. Uh-huh. Um, but his, his eyes were replaced with two black dots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the hair wasn't anywhere close. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know... <laughs> It reminds one would would how anyone would think that's Goku. It reminded me of like Ditto and like 
the Pokemon movie where he turns into yeah. humans. That's what yeah. it reminded me of. Yeah, it's a very poor Goku. <laughs> he has like this dumb smile on his face. And uh, so Poor goes in dressed up as Goku. And Oolong hears him coming up. And he thinks it's Goku, so he's afraid to get caught in Bulma's room. So he transforms into a fat Bulma. <laughs> <laughs> and Poor and Bulma are both disguised. And they, they talk to each other. They both think the other one is who they're supposed to be. And they both go outside the trailer to go talk. Yamcha, now that the coast is clear, goes upstairs to get the Dragon Balls. And he thinks they're under these covers where he goes to grab them. And he actually is just grabbing Bulma's tits. And he's surprised by how squishy the Dragon Balls are. So Bulma is just getting creeped on a lot in this episode. He's, he's confused by how squishy they are. So Yamcha rips the covers away and is... Completely shocked to see it's just topless Bulma passed out. He screams and runs out. Bulma doesn't wake up, so that must be some real strong sleep powder. Poor and Oolong basically find out that neither is who they're trying to like be. And they both transform back to themselves. And Poor finds Yamcha in like a catatonic state, just saying, not Dragon Balls. <laughs> and Poor like leads him away. Goku and Bulma wake up the next day. And they look like they're acting like they're hungover. And they just see Peter. What's Oolong doing when they see him? Uh, he's standing guard. It looks like he has an AK 47 or something. <laughs> yeah. He's just standing guard. He looks uh, real tired. He looks real tired. And uh, he's not happy. No, he's not. He's He's very, very angry. And Bulma's mad because he didn't get her her clothes cleaned and Oolong makes up the excuse that he didn't get to do it because he was too busy fending off Yamcha and Bulma like she has so far with almost every man is has a crush on him and she's like I hope you didn't go too hard on him he's he's a softie or whatever and Bulma still has no clothes so she's still naked and in a towel and she asks Oolong if he has any clothes for her and he says he has one outfit upstairs that she can get. And so she goes to get changed. Goku has a huge appetite. And Oolong is surprised because Goku eats a month's, full of, a month's worth of food in one morning. Bulma comes back downstairs. And Katie, what's she wearing? She's wearing a beautiful Playboy bunny outfit, which doesn't make any sense. She even put on the bucket ears, which yes. I don't know. She She's all mad because she's like, this is a this isn't close but she put on the fucking tail she's got the bunny ears she's got the stupid little like bow tie thing she didn't have to put that shit on she could have put on just like the top and the pants and like put her jacket over it but no she chose to wear the full outfit and she was cranky about it and a, a line that i liked a lot after she she's mad but she ends up just wearing it she she says Oolong, there's something, some, there's something not right about you. And then Oolong just responds, yeah, I'm a pig. <laughs> that's that's me. <laughs> so they drive off in the RV, and Yamcha and Poor pull up next to him in, in their own car. And Peter, what do they got on them? Um, well, before that, I want to mention okay. that uh, Oolong makes a remark to Bulma that his... Uh, 
his stock of women's clothing is down for the month. <laughs> yeah. So that's why he only has the one outfit. He's on a low supply. So what what do uh Poir and Yamcha got with them in their car? Um well they're 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 driving alongside and uh Yamcha has an RPG. <laughs> yeah, yep, he does. Uh which I don't know where he uh, obtained. Um I he must have stole it from somebody at some point. That's what I would guess. And he does a really good shot, and he hits hits the RV with it. Uh, everybody gets out of the RV; they're all fine, but the RV is is done; it's destroyed basically. And then Yamcha gets out, and what gun does Yamcha have, Nixon? He has a uh, I don't know. He has a Tommy gun. He's a Tommy gun, and Goku immediately taunts him, and then they reuse some fight scenes <laughs> from the first fight. Did you notice that? Nixon? I did it. Yeah, they reused some fight scenes. They just changed the color of the background. Goku, since he's full, kicks Yamcha's ass. And Yamcha goes for like a punch, and Goku counters with a kick and knocks out one of Yamcha's teeth. Yamcha <laughs> retreats because he's upset that he'll never get a date now because his tooth is knocked out because he, he has a big gap now. And my and Shu investigate the abandoned RV and they see it's destroyed so they think their bomb went off early and they say they think it went off early because Pilaf buys cheap weapons. Got it on sale. Yeah. Yamcha and Poir return to Goku and the crew walking and they act nice and they give them a vehicle and there's very like suspect of it but they take it and Yamcha put a tracker in it and that's how he plans to keep up with them. And then the episode ends with the obvious gag of Mayan Shu getting exploded in the trailer when they're investigating because they don't know that it blew up from RPG. And that's how the episode ends. How'd you like this one, Katie? I thought it was cute. I liked it. You know, like I said, I, I like Yamcha. I think he's a fun character. And I, I do like Oolong, even though he is a gross, horrible pig. I, I think he is funny. Um... So I, I still enjoyed it, even though there was maybe a little bit too much Bulma fan service. I still liked it. She got groped and stuff a lot in this episode. Yeah, I mean, definitely not something that I like seeing or that I would want to see in a show today. But considering the time, you know, I, I it is it is what it is, and I know it's just trying to be funny. So I'm not too I'm not too troubled by it. Although I do find it very confusing how Yamcha could have thought those were dragon balls when it was so clearly like outlined over her whole body. Like it was like that blanket was like suctioned to her body. You could clearly see it was a human underneath that blanket. And yet somehow he thought they were dragon balls. Katie Yamcha's lawyer is advising. He doesn't answer that at, at this time. <laughs> so Peter, what'd you think of this episode? It was pretty good. Uh, Oolong is pretty, you know, doing some suspect things. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah drugging uh, a couple miners taking some pages out of Bill, Co Bill Cosby's book yeah um, the uh, I like I like the fact that you know she had she used her panties as a fishing lure to get Oolong that was kind of funny um, I laughed really hard of Oolong turning into a, a fat short Bulma yeah that was pretty good and then um, Par's version of Goku and I just don't know if it's like neither one cares enough to like not 
know that the other one's obviously not the first thing you're supposed to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I imagine Oolong just has like he doesn't care, so he hasn't paid attention to the fact that that's not Goku. He just thinks that's what Goku looks like. Yeah. Uh so that was that was pretty good. Nixon, what'd you think? Uh I like the episode. I love all the fan servers. That's my favorite part. It's all the half naked Volma. You know. Do you like that's really your favorite that. part? That's my favorite part. Alright, your that's your comments no. in there. No, it's not. Uh I was gonna say this episode really like helped me figure out who uh you are inside. Shu... What? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, who's what's the other girl's name? Shu and what My My It Well the dog's barking. Uh What's... but it really clinched because they seem so familiar to me. Clinched. Yeah, because I like I had it on the tip of my tongue since we started watching. It's like, who do these two remind me of? And then immediately when he got the bomb stuck to his hand, I was like, oh, it's like the Russian guys from Rocky and Bullwinkle. That's exactly who they are. So like yeah. everything else, he just stole those characters and like put them in Dragon Ball. You know, Rocky and Bullwinkle is not too good. So, well, the characters he still took. I'm gonna go shut that dog up. Okay, so that was the end of the the third ep- or the second episode. So now we're on to the third. Who is or who? Who it's titled "The Ox King on Fire Mountain," Japanese air date of August ninth, nineteen eighty six. American air date of eight August twenty eighth, two thousand one. Episode starts with Goku, Bulma, and Oolong in the car that Yamcha gave them going towards Fire Mountain. They're no longer in a desert. Goku sees what he thinks is a sunset, but turns out to be the fire mountain itself. And it's just a mountain of fire on it. Uh, Bul- we get There's a weird Bulma scene that I figure must be just a dub. Like, they had a dub over what she said. Where the part where she's talking about where she's just like... I don't know, she's like breathing into her hand, but then she stops and then she like waves her hand. And then she's immediately like, oh, I need to brush my teeth. Do you remember that part? Yeah, I think that's... I don't know what else that could have been. I don't either, because like, it doesn't make any sense. It's just it's a weird just thing they show. Uh, Yamcha's tailing them. He's just like riding on top of the car while Poor drives. Uh, Somehow they don't see him out the rearview mirror. You can't see a guy standing on a car mixing behind you. No, not when he's like a car behind you, like a car length behind you. <laughs> you can't see that. Uh, we cut to Yamcha, or not Yamcha, we cut to Mai and Shu walking through the desert to a palace that happens to be Pilaf's. And before they get there, they're both talking shit on Pilaf. They're both making fun of him and they wish he was nicer. Uh, Mai says she hopes that he didn't install the do-it-yourself torture chamber yet because they don't want to be stuck in there. Pilaf is shown in his palace sitting at a table with just an enormous amount of food. He Nixon, what does he do here? He moved his buttons to like underneath the table. Uh-huh. And what comes out? More hands. <laughs> out got... of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, good. Just explain how he tortures them here. I don't remember. Oh. I just remember he picks them up and the to the air. Does he tickle them or something? No, so the the metal arms, they grab like once again each of their limbs and like get them in a T pose. And it raises them in the air. And then the top of his palace comes off. It, like, opens up, 
and they just get struck by lightning. And Pilaf is like enjoying that, and he has a fork in his hand because he's eating, and he doesn't realize it. And then the lightning strikes him as well. Or Goku and and uh, and company arrive to the fire mountain, and they're in awe at it. And Oolong says it scares the sausage out of him, and I think we should start using that more. <laughs> Peter, can you start saying that more? Uh, yeah, yeah, that that. Well, the Ox King, he he did scare the sausage out of me. He did, yeah. He's pretty, he's pretty, pretty intimidating. They have to Oolong like just starts telling them all about the the Fire Mountain and the Ox King, and he reveals that you have to beat a giant and you have to make it past the fire just to get to Ox King's palace, where they think the Dragon Ball is. Oolong. Like tells how like the fire mountain became is because the the ox king paid a wizard to make to like cast a spell on the mountain to protect his palace, but it got out of control and now the ox king himself can't even get to his palace. Oolong tries to run away once again, and what is what is happens, Peter? What is what do they do when Oolong tries to run away? Um. Well, they they call Piggy Piggy Piggy, uh-huh. and he shits himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got it right on the head. You nailed it. Uh, so, or Oolong shits himself once again, and Goku talks about how his grandpa raised him to be fearless. Yamcha is like hiding behind a uh, like a destroyed wall, just. Tr- waiting to see Goku get destroyed by the Ox King, so Yamcha himself is even afraid of the Ox King. Uh, Yamcha, like, overhears a girl screaming, and then we cut to see Chi-Chi for the first time, running away from just a purple T-Rex. And do you remember, Katie, what happens to this T-Rex? Yeah, she, like, lasers chunks of him apart, and she's like, oh, that's gross! (laughs) Well, she, she throws her, like, helmet blade off, which is just like a sharp blade, and it just decapitates this T Rex, and then she is like mortified at the at the sight of this decapitated T Rex, and then she shoots this forehead laser out of her helmet, and just like catches it on fire, runs away. Peter, do you remember much about Yamcha and hers, um, interaction here? Do you want to talk about it? Um, I I know he tries he tries to talk to her. Um, and at this point she's kind of freaking out ever since, you know, she ex- exploded the, uh, the T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then she tries to shoot him, um, because she, she shouldn't talk to strangers uh-huh. and, uh, he does his moves and, uh, knocks her out. <laughs> Not only does he knock her out, he does like, he dodges the laser, he jumps up in the air and does like the splits, you know, and it goes in between his legs and then he comes down and he does a double axe handle to her face and just knocks her out cold. <laughs> and then he just like does the clap his hands together to get the dust off. And he's like, wow, she's dangerous. And she's in like, Nixon, what kind of pose is she in on the ground? Uh, Like she's about to get ass fucked. Yeah, she's like face down, ass up in the air. And yeah. I forgot to talk about this. Katie, so Chi Chi's around Goku's age here. What do you think of her outfit? 
Yeah, it's a little inappropriate for like a kid who's like fucking 11 or 12 years old. And why does she have like titties? Like, I don't think her titties should have come in yet. What is, explain to them what she's wearing, Katie. Like, just give them a little quick rundown here. She's wearing, I don't even know how to describe it, but like the classic meme of like women wearing armor that doesn't cover anything. That's <laughs> yeah. It's like almost like swimsuit. Like an armored thong? Exactly. She's wearing like an armored bra and armored panties. And I think she has like some shoulder pauldrons and like a little cape or something. And that's all she's got on. Yeah. Well, she's also super strong too. Yes. That's the weird part. Because she's like a T-Rex gets cut in half by her She's the Ox King's daughter. Yeah, but it's still weird. Well, I feel like it's not thrown at the same like strength that somebody else later on uh it's like the cut man from like mega man it gets like tossed across the <laughs> yeah fucking th- whole t-rex cut in half it's very i i don't remember like i remember her getting attacked by it but i didn't remember that she just decapitates it <laughs> like i don't remember that part uh poor ass yamcha why he wasn't affected by chi chi because poor thinks chi chi is pretty as well and then yamcha says he only gets nervous around girls his own age that's is like one saving grace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I like I don't approve of it, but it was a nice axial smash that he hit her in the face with. Like Jesus Christ! Hey, Goku's just playing with the like a human skull. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it's a cowboy skull and uh-huh. there's like a Trojan skull over to the right. <laughs> yeah. like, again, what's going on here? I with, like the different cultures. Maybe you can say it's like. All these people traveled to try to get up the mountain. I don't know. I guess. Goku gets on the flying Nimbus and tries to do a cheat and just fly over the flames to get to the palace. He try he gets up there over like he sees the palace and he tries to descend down onto it. And right when he gets close, his tail gets caught on fire and he flies immediately to the water to like cool off his tail. Bulma and Oolong are just staring at him in the water. And then Bulma Almost gets decapitated by a huge fucking axe, which was thrown by the Ox King. Peter, describe the Ox King. What does he look like? Um, he's very large. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't begin to guess how much he weighs, <sighs> or how tall he is. Yeah, or how how tall he is. Uh, Oolong describes him as being. 10 feet tall and 500 pounds back in an earlier episode, but I think he, he may be bigger than that. He might be. He's bearded. He's got a bearded. helmet, like a feathered helmet on. His helmet's odd. Yeah, yes. kind of struck It me. also looks like a Mongolian helmet to me, so it might be another thing. I don't know. Um, he's He's got an axe. I, I honestly thought his axe would have been bigger. <laughs> oh, you're not impressed by his axe size? No, it, it well, it's small in his hand. I imagine it's big. <laughs> imagine how big it'd be in your hands. It would be huge. <laughs> especially your hands. Yes, especially my small hands. He, so the voice of Ox King is Kyle Herbert, which is adult Gohan's voice. I don't know if this was just me, but to me he had like a Macho Man vibe when he talked. Did, he reminded me of like uh, Pete from Goof Troop. God, Goof Troop. <laughs> Goof Troop. That's Pete. exactly how he sounds. Are Pete and uh, Donald even friends? Or are they just Pete. like angry neighbors? You mean Goofy yet? Yeah, who did I say? Oh, Donald. I meant Goofy. Well, it's more like Goofy's a sap that 
gets taken advantage of by Pete. Yeah. Well, that's Pete, we'll yeah. do that. We'll do we'll talk more about that on the Goof Troop podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Why not? I can't do that. <laughs> All right, fine. Is that on Disney Plus? The Goofy Movie is. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Nixon, we might have to do that. No. No. <laughs> Hard pass. So yeah, as Katie was saying, Ox King, or he's he's a dick at first. He immediately is like, "Tell me you guys are trying to steal my stuff," and they're like, "No, we're not trying to steal your stuff." And then Goku immediately comes back and goes, "Man, it's gonna be hard to try to get in that palace." And <laughs> Ox King's like, "I told you, you try to get my stuff." It's like everybody's trying to get his shit. Yeah. So Goku and Ox King get in a fight. Goku's like dodging all the axe strikes. Goku <laughs> hits a big kick on Ox King, but he no-sells it. Uh, his, his next strategy is to get on the Livus Cloud and fly around in circles and tire him out and to get him dizzy, which works. And Ox King like, starts saying that he recognizes the Nimbus Cloud, and there's only one way he could get that, and he wouldn't be able to ride it if he stole it. So then he realized that Goku must know Master Roshi. And then that's where Ox King... Talks about how he was a student of Master Roshi, along with Goku's grandpa Gohan, and Goku is excited to learn about it, more about his grandpa. So they talk a little bit, and Ox King decides like make a deal with Goku to where if he goes and finds Master Roshi and gets the what is it the Bushi fan what is it called mm-hmm. something like that. Like the the Banshu? Banshu, there you go. Banshu fan. And if he goes and gets that from Master Roshi, he will give him the five-star Dragon Ball. Or I don't it wasn't five star. It was one of the Dragon Balls. And so then Goku decides to go. Ox King also tells him, like, you also need to find my daughter, Chi Chi, because I sent her before we've met you to go get the Bancho fan from Roshi as well. Where Yancha, who's who's listening in, freaks the fuck out and immediately goes back to Chi Chi to to go like make sure she's okay or she's still in her face down ass up pose. She wakes up and Katie, you remember what she talks to Yamcha about? Yeah, she I think at first is like a little scared, but then he immediately goes, I'm just in love with you. You know, I I was in love with you from the second I saw you. And it's really weird. And she gets all like blushing, like, oh, that boy's never told me that before. And ultimately, he like, he's obviously really irritated. And every time he turns around, he's like, really like, oh, I don't like this girl. But then he turns back to her and he's like, oh, yeah, I love And it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't really get it. He's just, he's just trying to like make friends with her so she doesn't tell her dad and he doesn't get killed. By the Ox King. But you'd think that he would choose something like a little bit more subtle, like, oh, I was just passing by, are you okay? Instead of being like somebody that she might want to tell her dad about. Because if a boy comes up to you and is like, I'm in love with you, you know, dads sometimes don't like that shit. So that seems like a poor move on his part. Katie, me, Nixon, and Peter all know that all women want is a boyfriend, right, guys? Yeah. That's all they care about. That's all they want. They don't want careers. They don't want a place to live. They just want a boyfriend. That's all they want. They just want to cook and clean and make sandwiches. <laughs> That's all they want. I mean, you guys, you really got us. You really got us there. Yeah, that's why I got you a sandwich for our anniversary. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, so now you know how to make it. Now I know how to make it. <laughs> he's like, and then he's like, this is not even for you, it's for me. And he took it back. Yeah. <laughs> I could, you know, write the recipe down. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I like how Goku also points out that that's all women care about. Yeah. Like, seems like it was a little on the nose. Like, that's all well, women care about is boyfriends. I wanted to talk to Peter about, Peter, did you remember when Oolong's imagining what the Ox King's daughter must look like? I don't. And he pictures this, like, the Ox King as a woman, as a little girl. It's, like, super <laughs> buff chick. And he's like, ugh, she must be ugly. Because Ox King asked Goku immediately if he would like to marry her daughter, or his daughter. So we got yeah. trying to arrange a marriage here. Goku doesn't understand what any of that means. Uh, Oxygen shows a picture, uh, a picture of Chi Chi to Goku, so he knows who she's looking or he's looking for. Back at Yamcha and Chi Chi, Yamcha takes off when he sees Goku flying towards them. Where Goku comes down and he's talking to Chi Chi. He's like, "You must be Chi Chi," and she immediately thinks Goku also is in love with her. Katie, what's this about? What's what's her problem? Why does she think Goku's in love with her? Yeah. Because I think she's probably not been approached by very many men in her life. So she, now that she had that one interaction, obviously she's a kid too, but now that she just had that one interaction with Yamcha, she's like, oh shit, men come up to me when they're in love with me. So that must be what's happening. She's got a dark future ahead of her. If that's what she believes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they, Goku tells her to get on the Nimbus cloud and they're going to fly after Roshi or to get the Bancho fan from Roshi, and she grabs his tail to get up, which immediately just saps all the energy out of Goku, and he falls off the cloud. He talks about how he becomes powerless when someone grabs it. Yamcha overhears that and is overjoyed that he now knows Goku has a weakness. The two of them fly off in the Nimbus cloud, and once again, <laughs> Goku <laughs> kicks Chi-Chi in her armor underwear just to make sure she's a woman. He says, I really couldn't tell until I tried that. Where that, that makes Chi-Chi really angry. And she pushes him off of the uh, Nimbus Cloud, where he lands in like the worst possible way. He lands on his neck. So then it just cuts back to Chi-Chi and Goku back on the Nimbus Cloud. And he tells her... What does he... He says something to her to make her blush. What does he say? I don't remember. Well, I think he actually was just... I don't know that he said anything in particular that was... I think it was just her blushing because she was like, oh, I actually like you. I think he was just talking about, I don't know, something unimportant, though. It wasn't like he was he said anything flirtatious or something to her. In my notes, I have, ha ha, Chi-Chi called Goku a hunk. <laughs> I remember she's like, I'm just, I'm just thinking about some hunk I just met. And he's, like, he's just like, uh? And it was Yamcha. I think she was talking about Goku because that's why she didn't tell him. But I don't know. Maybe Yamcha. Uh, we see, just like our alligator friend last week, we meet a new talking animal. Who <laughs> did we come across this time? They came across a talking dolphin. <laughs> yeah, how does this gave them the directions to Master Roshi's island. How does this dolphin talk? Does he have, was it an Australian accent? or? It, I was just saying, it was really weird. It's a high-pitched voice. Yeah. So, once again, we never see this person ever again. This talking it's dolphin. Not... Yeah, animal. Yeah, but I don't remember this being talking animals. 
I this point, the freaking alligator putting sunblock on him. So. I didn't remember that either. But so yeah, they get the directions from a talking dolphin, and the episode ends with Goku finding Master Roshi's cool house, the Kame house, and it just ends with them talking. And Goku asks how Roshi is doing, and Roshi says, "Not bad for an old coot." And then they both just laugh. And that's how the episode ends. Well, I want to point out that with this part, it's really like weird. It's like they're buying time, and then when we start next episode, it's going to be completely different. Well, they just they did they, they redo the whole scene. It's like they do that a different. lot in cartoons, though. Mm. They do. They show like all the time. It's like when they come back from commercial break, they show the same fucking scene, but just a little right. bit different. It's, it's different every time. Yeah, it happens a lot. But yeah, it is weird. But I don't know why they found it so funny that he said, "Not too bad for an old coot." I I don't know. Did that make you laugh, Peter? Uh, it was all right, yeah. It was all right. So that's the end. Did you guys like episode seven? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Sorry. Right. Nixon doesn't have much to say about it. Peter. Uh, it was it was okay. I felt like you know it set up a couple things. Um, uh, one of the things I liked is uh when the Ox King first shows up, Oolong. I don't know if you noticed it, but he he pisses himself. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, he was he was scared. Pissless. Pissless. So, I've never yeah, been scared. It was, it was an okay. Okay episode. Katie? I thought it was really cute. I liked it. Like I said, I liked the Ox King. I liked that he was kind of an unexpected character and it didn't just end in like your average fight, you know, just like any other any other show, any other episode. Um, I thought they made him an interesting character. I liked Chi Chi. I think she's really cute. And even though I think her outfit is a little ridiculous. I think she's a fun character, so I really liked the episode. This was my least favorite of the ones we watched this week, but it has my favorite moment of the axe handle smash. That was... It came out of nowhere for me, and he really fucked her up. (laughs) I like this one more. I like the other ones we watched, but... It was alright. Episode 8, titled The Kamehameha Wave, aired in Japan on April 16th, 1986. Aired in the U.S. August 29, 2001. Episode starts off with Goku and Chi-Chi landing on Roshi's Island again, like Nixon was saying. It's a little bit different. Goku says that he's become friends with the Nimbus Cloud, and Roshi thinks the Nimbus Cloud was made for Goku. Roshi, is his eyesight well, Peter? Uh, no, it is not. Um, he seems to have to mix up Bulma and Chi-Chi. Yes. Um... Which I don't know how, but he does. <laughs> he asked Goku how she got smaller and not as pretty. Is what he <laughs> says. Developed. And yeah, well, that's what he's basically yeah insinuating. Uh, <laughs> Chi Chi doesn't believe this is Master Roshi, so she just gets it in her head. She's like, "I need to test this guy to make sure he is a martial arts master." And Nixon, what does she do to do that? She tosses her... This might answer your question. Oh, hold on, Alexa. Alexa's trying to answer. Uh, she tosses her razor blade thing from top This might answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Alexa, Alexa's unplugged now, so... Okay, well... She tosses the razor blade uh-huh. at Master Roshi, who's able to detect it and block it with his, like, stick. But uh-huh. it's still, like... 
lodges itself in his head. <laughs> How is he not dead? I think it hit him with the dull end. Is what because when you pull it out, it's just like and then it's not the razor blade part. It's the like part that goes inside her helmet. Kind of looks like he has a cool like mohawk when it's in his yeah. head. So yeah, that's that's a real dick move to do to somebody. And she, yeah. bro- she broke his staff. Go ahead, Peter. She she breaks the staff, and he gets mad because she's like, "See, he's not him." And he's like, "Are you crazy? No one could have dodged that." <laughs> so <laughs> he was not happy about it. He they, pulls out a driver's license. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's my nice next. Like he proves his identity by pulling out his driver's license and showing it to him. <laughs> Which he does. Why does he have that? Yeah, he's, he's like he's super like, modern for like an old dude. Like his whole, he's like very eighties house. He's got like set up inside with like speakers all over the place and very very modern. Katie, do you like Master Roshi's house? I think it's cute. I like it. You know, I'd live there. Yeah. Not within a minute, though. Well, well, we'll find out in a second why that's never going to happen. The band show fan, they tell Roshi why they need it, and Roshi tells them that it can summon the wind, a strong wind if it's weighed once. I don't remember what the middle one is, but then if you swipe it three times, it causes like a torrential pour down of rain. Roshi will give it to Goku only if he convinces Bulma. To go on a date with him, which he then redacts, or like, moves down to just a walk on the island with him. So, Roshi, like, is looking all over the place for the Bancho fan, and he can't find it. And uh, Turtle tells him that he was using it as a placemat, and then Roshi realizes that he threw it out because he spilled juice on it. Yeah, but, like, minutes prior to that, he told him it's too dangerous for children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we also learn from Turtle, because Roshi, like, Goku doesn't want to do, doesn't want to make Bulma do that, but then Roshi, like, plays the old man card, he's like, I'm gonna die soon, and it'd really be cool if I got to hang out with Bulma, and then Turtle blows up his spot by, like, revealing that Master Roshi drank out of the, the Fountain of Youth, and he basically, as far as we know, has eternal life. So, Katie, he's never leaving that house. Uh, you just, so you won't live with him? No, of course I won't live with him. He's a creep. But you get to hang out with the turtle? I do like the turtle, right? I mean, the turtle, he almost makes it worth it. And the alligator? Okay, if the alligator was there, I might live there. And you know there's a talking, you li- no, you know there's a talking dolphin somewhere, too. So. <laughs> you're going to see shit that he does later on, yeah. and you're going to be like, you're gonna be like, nope. You're nope out of there. <laughs> So do you think it's irresponsible to him of using these like priceless treasures as placemats while he's eating? Well, I have to wonder, honestly, if he... Did he even really know? I guess he did know, because he explained it to them. But I mean, he didn't know what all the Dragon Balls were, which confuses me if he's like this immortal old guy who's, you know, was training people, and he, he trained Gohan, and Gohan knew what the fuck Dragon Ball did, so... I don't really know how much I how much faith I have in Master Roshi. At well, this he doesn't. Point. He just seems like he doesn't give a shit. He's like been around long enough to where it's like he has like the the weapons and they're dangerous. They'd be dangerous to anybody else, but because he has no intent on using them like incorrectly or for any reason, then he just sees them as another like object in his house, another piece of trash that's just collecting that he needs to get rid of. So, guys. Probably my actually now that I read my notes, probably my favorite moment because it just reminded me. 
Roshi decides instead he's just gonna go put out this fire. He's gonna go out with, go with Goku and Chi Chi to the mountain of fire. But go uh, as we saw before, Roshi can't ride the Nimbus anymore. So he says he has another way to get there, where he just yells out. He calls out the, to the to the name of the baby Gamalar, and out of the clouds comes a on fire spinning like snapping turtle, and it's another talking animal that we never see again. We never see this thing ever again. It spins him around a bunch. Yeah, so he gets on it, and it's like it can fly by spinning, and it just shows Roshi and like. Of course, they didn't animate the spinning. They just, like, you know, have the lines, like, but he's, like, still sitting in the same spot. And it just cuts the Roshi riding this, and he just goes, man, this is making me dizzy. <laughs> like, he's just sitting there. Uh, where is this, Peter? Why is it ba- Baby Gamblar ever come back? Um, well, he, 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 the way he talks to it, he's like, I need a fare to this place. Yeah, and he goes, like, no problem. It's like, <laughs> it's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I wish we would see him again. Maybe they would bring him up. Is this system. like referencing like a Godzilla monster? Uh, or... yes. It's not. Um, it's not one of the villains, but there is. Um, fuck. I can't remember his name. There is a turtle who spins. Yeah, he's I thought guy. of that. It also remind me like Mario, like some of the turtles from. Mario. I guess. I guess Nixon. But so yeah, we got this baby Gamora guy. He's pretty cool. Spins in circles, can fly. So they're going there. Roshi's dizzy. They land, and Ox King bows to Roshi, and Roshi immediately falls over because he's just fucking super dizzy from riding that turtle. And then Roshi immediately like becomes like badass mode, and he's like, "Hey, Ox King, why are you been doing all this evil shit?" He's like, "I didn't train you to be a douchebag." And then Ox King cr- cries and apologizes, and and Roshi forgives him. Goku takes time to break the news to Bulma that she has to go on a date with Roshi. And she does not agree. She is really angry. She doesn't want to do it. And then Master Roshi threatens to just leave if she doesn't do it. <laughs> and so they do a really dramatic, like, you know the Predator handshake, Peter? You know what I'm talking um, about from the movie? Where they Arnold and oh, Carl yes, Weathers, yep. they do it? They basically do the equivalent of that, but for a pinky swear. Mm-hmm. And that so they she swears to... To go on a walk with him, but a short one. So Roshi is just staring at the mountain. You see, like, the reflection in his glasses of the fire. And he takes his shirt off. And it looked like he had, like, a bunch of, like, ports in his back. Is that what it looked like to you, Nixon? What? Did you not see that? He had, like, a bunch of bandages on himself, on his back. And he also had, like, a bunch oh, of yeah. looking, like, metal ports on his Ooh, back. Purple dot things. I didn't know. I thought those might have been, like... It could be like the cupping thing because they've been doing that forever in Japan. Yeah, but I thought maybe they're just like the small circular like band-aid things and then the the wraps were like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. So Roshi like struggles to even get on this wall to look at the mountain and Goku has to help him up. And then Katie, I want you I don't know if you knew Roshi could do this, so what's Roshi do here before the Kamea wave? <laughs> Goes buff mode. He like pumps <laughs> yeah. up his arms. They become massive, and then he pumps up his whole <laughs> upper body, and he's just ripped as fuck somehow. <laughs> yeah. Did you know he could do that? No. What do you think about that? I mean, it was pretty impressive, but also pretty terrifying. And I don't really understand 
how or why he did that to his body. And if he can do that to his body, why does he always just look so sad and frail? Why can't, why doesn't he make himself look at least like normal at all times? It's probably taxing to do that. He doesn't need to be full power all the time, Katie. I mean, but he's so like, he's such a little wimpy ass bitch all the time. Why couldn't he at least be like 10% power? Wow, now you're getting into Tagoro stuff. Yeah. And his hands got bigger too. Yes, his whole, he gets probably what, about four feet taller when he gets the buff mode? <laughs> Uh, so then he starts focusing his energy, and thank God it doesn't take as long as Ryu does in the Street Fighter Two anime. I think uh, I lied <laughs> from that. Well, we can talk about it now. This is like the most signature move of the entire franchise: the Kamehameha wave. They all do it almost, uh, and you can basically there's no like hard, like core concrete proof, but like the Hadouken is based off of. The Kamehameha wave. But what's the Kamehameha wave based off of? I would think just like chi stuff. Just, I don't know. Just like the concept of chi. I looked it up because it is a Hawaiian word. Yeah, it's based uh, off Hawaiian king's name. Yeah, it's like for Lonely Island or something like that. Which ties into Master Roshi. It, he didn't even come up with. It was actually his wife because he couldn't come up with a name. And his wife came up with a uh, Kamehameha based off of the Hawaiian name and she said it would be easy for people to remember. So his wife coming in clutch there. I don't even know if she got credited for that. He uh, made millions of dollars. I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> sure they're fine. Uh, so yeah, he does the Kamehameha wave. Nixon, what's the Kamehameha wave? It's an energy blast that disintegrates stuff in its path. And it's blue. And it's blue. And they they talk about how it uses all of like the latent energy in the the wielder's body, and then they're able to shoot it out of their hands, basically. Uh, so the, he shoots it at the mountain and hits the fire. Everybody's impressed, and it's all dusty. The dust settles, and there's just no longer a mountain. He he overdid <laughs> it and he blew up the entire mountain. I don't. So we'll go ahead. And I don't understand what his plan was. Like, yeah, I don't. He's like shooting a laser beam at a mountain. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. it's one thing if he was like i'm gonna shoot the blast like arc it at the mountain so like the force around the like kamea wave would like put out the fires like it'd be enough wind force to like knock it out but he just straight up like aims at the center mass of the mountain and destroys everything maybe he's flexing to impress bulma he's like look what he i just, can do he freaks out afterward yeah like, he he doesn't realize understand. that he was he didn't know he put that much power in it. And Goku is super impressed. Oh, and before that, we get the classic anime scene where they all just fall on their fucking backs. You know, like the comedy. And they're all like bleeding out of their nose like they're coming in their pants. In this That's one. not yet, Nixon. Don't get ahead. <laughs> so Goku asks Roshi to teach him the Kamehameha wave. And Roshi says it'll take 50 years to learn. Goku like shocked by that, but then he tries it and he does it on the first attempt and blows up their car. Roshi is like super shocked and he's like, "Wow, Goku's a prodigy!" And then Ox King tells him that Goku is Gohan's grandson. Roshi asks him how Gohan's doing and he tells Roshi Gohan's dead. And Roshi is sad about that. Roshi immediately asks Goku, "He's like, you can come stay with me and we can train. I'll train you." And Yamcha is super shocked by that because Roshi doesn't take new students anymore. And Bulma and Oolong go onto the rubble, 
and they're searching for the Dragon Ball, and they finally find it. And Ox King gives them a new car just to be nice. And Bulma does not. She Roshi basically reminds them like, "Hey, you still owe me a date." And Bulma desperately doesn't want to go on this date, so she asks Oolong to be her. Which Peter, what does he do? He turns into the fat version again. To the fat version. Well, she she also forces him. Otherwise, she oh would, yeah, uh, she's gonna make him shit his pants again. The explosive diarrhea upon him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he turns into fat Bulma, and she gets offended. She's like, "I don't look anything like that." So, but he does correct himself and turn into normal Bulma. Basically, a carbon copy. And he goes and he goes to walk with Roshi, and he's pissed off that he has to do this. Ulog is. So he gets back at Bulma by basically just showing Roshi Bulma's tits, like just pulling her top down. And Roshi has so much blood come out of his nose. But then they cut to these like these scenes where what he's like, I don't remember what he's saying. He's saying like he's saying something just over and over again. And I'm, I guess they're insinuating that he came in his pants. Is that what they're saying? I feel like that's what all. The, like bleeding nose stuff is but like this one they don't even show the bloody nose after like i think they're just like having i want to know what those screens said i should look up a translation because i think they're just the same way that he's basically coming in his pants there well, he, also, you didn't mention the part where like oolong is trying to do a girl voice and it sounds like peter's grandma wow i'm trying to like talk to <laughs> somehow master roshi's like kid buys into it we know he doesn't see well, and we also know now that he doesn't hear well. But I, mean, I guess. <laughs> but uh, Roshi says he's like, "I must be the luckiest man in the world." <laughs> so he says. Uh, Chi Chi goes up to the car with Goku, and then she asks if he'll ever think of her again. And Goku basically says, "Yeah," but he asks if she will ever think of him again, and she just blushes and runs away. And the episode ends with Goku and company riding off into the sunset. Like most of these episodes in. Katie, did you like this episode? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was cute. Um, I liked Master Roshi's uh, buff mode. I liked getting to see a little bit more of his his abilities and, and why he is, you know, a master. Why is he, why he is a grandmaster of martial arts and, and whatnot. I thought it was fun to see. I also liked getting to see that Goku just, like, knew how to do it right away and was clearly, you know incredibly awesome i liked that it was just like a little taste of you know the extreme power that he'll have in the future um i did think the oolong thing was funny although i have to wonder if he knows like if he was capable of correcting to look exactly like balma why did he do the fat one i could get like if he just did it the one time to like make fun of her but in the moment when he was really trying to pretend to be balma in the other episode why did he go fat mode Bulma when he clearly knows how to do real Bulma? I think it's just him half-assing. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think he gives a shit. <laughs> I mean, it's, like his, own, it's like, yeah, it's like his body, his own body shape adds, yeah. like, that person. So it's, it's like his own... I always imagine if he was, like, a person, he'd be Danny DeVito. Wow. I, mean. I was, I was thinking <laughs> yeah. that when I was watching this episode. I was thinking, if this was live action, I want to see Danny DeVito play this character. I'm going to do a little sidebar here. Peter, do you remember the Beckett Dragon Ball Z magazine? Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, they all they had to work with was, like, barely anything every time. So, they just had to write nonsense articles. And one of them one time was, 
who would you get to play all these people in a Dragon Ball movie? And I always remember that for Krillin, the, whoever wrote this article wrote Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it always yeah. stuck with me. Well, yeah. Very fitting. So, Peter, did you like this episode? Uh, yeah, it's one of those like legacy episodes where the first Kamea wave, um, so it's just kind of like one of those that's kind of like in the vault sort of deal. It's You can't forget it. Um, Chi-Chi, yeah, is like, you know, is obviously like in Goku, so I'm sure we'll see more of that. Um, I'm sure. I, one thing that kind of bugged me is is when Roshi was like, oh, come to my island, I'll train you. Nothing more is ever said about that. There, Goku doesn't say okay, it just immediately like cuts, and we never get another line about it for the rest of the episode. Yeah, he says he's honored, but then he's just like, well, I'm getting his car. <laughs> I thought maybe Roshi would bring it up again when they were on their way out, but it's just never, nothing said ever again about it. Hey, um, Katie? Hmm? Would you send, like, say you had a son, would you send your son to go, like, live with Master Roshi and learn from him for, like, a year? Uh, I mean, if I knew Master Roshi, if I got to know him and decided <laughs> that I thought he was a trustworthy Grand Master. I feel like and... if I got to know him, that would definitely not make me do it. <laughs> Well, you know, like a stranger, having a son would be a little different than having a daughter. I for sure would not send my daughter to go stay with Master Roshi, but I don't know. Maybe if I could stay there also, and I thought well, and sure buff- nothing sketchy would happen. I thought you didn't like Roshi. You didn't want to stay. There. I don't, and I would kick his ass. Well, I would attempt to kick his ass if he tried to approach me, but I would make sure that he wasn't creeping on my child. I think he, he ch- does stuff you can't even imagine. I think <laughs> I think you changed your tone when you saw Buff Roshi, Katie. I think you're in tone now. I I don't think so. You know, I, I uh, I'm not so sure that's my type. I'm sorry, over there, Russian Peter. Did you have anything else to say about it? Uh, no, it, it was a good episode. All right, Nixon. Uh, liked the episode a lot. I feel like what's good about Dragon Ball, or why so many people probably latched onto it, it it always feels like every episode there's always stuff happening even when nothing's really happening. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas in, like, modern anime, it's very, like, you can tell they're wasting time. Like, they're just buying time to make, to fill, like, airspace so they can buy more time and buy more time and then get to some, like, plot point. Whereas every episode feels like it's packed full of stuff happening. It all feels consistent. It doesn't feel like there's any terrible episodes or any, like, really great episodes. I feel like they're all pretty good episodes this fall season. And sometimes I'm shocked that it's only 20, what, 20 minutes long? Yeah, it always feels like it's an hour to me. Yeah. So that's it for this second episode. Which was What was your favorite moment, guys, of this one? I'll tell you mine first to give you a little time to think. I think it's still just, like, it's not cool to hit women, but Yamcha axe handle smashing Chi-Chi in the face. It just, <laughs> it was great. It locked the shit out of her. Like, uh, that made me laugh so hard. Peter, what was your favorite one? Do you, do you know yet? Uh, my favorite was uh, uh, Pawar being Goku and then oh Uolong being Fat Bulma. Their interaction. They're uh, they are both like, ha, this person has no idea. And they're like both idiots for not <laughs> realizing that's not what the person looks like at all. It's exactly like, Katie, you haven't seen Detective Pikachu yet. Still, I don't think. But it's exactly what Ditto does in the movie. It looks exactly like that, Peter. <laughs> yeah it does yeah 
Uh, Nixon, what was your favorite moment? Uh, I probably just like I like the classic moment of Mass Roshi using the command wit. Yeah. Favorite part. Did you like when he got swole? Yeah, like Bane. Yeah. yeah. He broke Goku over his back. <laughs> over his knee. Katie, what was your favorite part? I don't know. Like a specific moment that was my favorite, but I really liked all the parts with Yamcha, honestly. I really liked Yamcha as a character. I think he's really cute and funny, and uh, I just, I think he's a nice addition to the show. So I, I, I liked pretty much every moment with him. I'm very interested to see how your opinion of Yamcha is when we get later into the series, since you don't remember much about him, because uh, he definitely has like a role, and he's a lot like Nixon, Katie. No, he's a lot like Peter. No, he's nothing like. Yeah, him. he's just like you. Peter is more like the Ox King. <laughs> we call <laughs> Peter. We call, like we call, we call like Peter killed. Ox King Pete. Uh, he walks around with a giant axe. Giant axe murdering people. He's like, you try to take my stuff. Yeah. He's like, you trying to steal from me? And then he's got a giant axe in his hand. He's so stupid. He's like, okay. It's like, oh, I knew you were trying to steal that from me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it for episode two. We'll be back. Next Friday, we'll be watching, what, we had listed off at 8, so what, 9 through, what, 14, 13? What is it? Yeah, will 12? that conclude the first, like, arc? Uh, it'll be close, because they're only there's only one Dragon Ball left for them to find. So, once they find that, and then they can make a wish. Oh, Katie, do you remember what they wished for? No, she doesn't. I do not. Okay, because, so, Peter, you still remember the first wish, don't you? Yeah. And yeah. Nixon, you remember. Yeah, obviously. So before we go, Katie, because I don't remember if we'll get there in the next episode, we probably will. What do you think they wish for when they get all seven Dragon Balls? Is it like a group wish? I mean, can you give me a hint? Just no. Just don't look it up. Just, just the no hint. Yeah, don't look it up. Just, just give us what you think. Well, can you at least tell me if only one of them gets a wish, or yes. do they decide as a group? Only one person gets a wish. <laughs> I think they wish... Gohan back to life? Huh. Wow. That's an interesting take. You'll just have to find out next time. <laughs> but that's it for this week. Thanks for watching, guys. Bye. Adios. Bye.